Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Pure Hoops podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. The Pure Hoops podcast most definitely does reflect the views of our management. Here's three-time NBA champ BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman. Pure Hoops Podcast. We are back. I've been uh, I've been off for a minute in New York. BJ Armstrong in LA. My man, good to see you. Back with the Star Wars. You look like you got a fresh cut. You're well rested. What's going on? All is good, my friend. Basketball is back. The Mandalorian is Yo, back. I've Disney, gotta watch Disney it. Plus. I've gotta watch it. I know you yeah, told yes, me you I gotta do. watch it. I yes, have you to. do. I'm going to put it on the radar for uh, for this weekend. Um, definitely, definitely. And I need Little, I need something that's just action, adventure, and fun, and just to take take my headspace elsewhere. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. This is the what? <laughs> you don't know what that means yet. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a feeling. I have a feeling. You know, and, and and speaking of the entertainment industry, which obviously you and I have this. Um, really fortunate overlap with what we do. You know, you obviously you created uh, the Derek Rose film with Derek and you're working on some other things. And I know how passionate you are about music and obviously what I'm doing with uh, all the smoke and the KG film, which for me is like, you know, the, the dream realized in the basketball storytelling space. But there's been this um, this really funny thing that has continued to build over the years. So yesterday um in the hollywood trades i believe it was uh deadline um positioned it this way that there's a new series coming out with kevin hart and wesley snipes and it's being executive produced and and show you know show ran showrunner is eric newman except it's the hollywood uh producer veteran eric newman who's got like i think a dozen maybe 15 year head start on me in life and this has been this ongoing thing now since I learned of him in like 2007 when I was seeing this film uh, called Children of Men with Clive Owen, which was this like dystopian sci-fi thriller, which was very good. And uh, I used to go see holiday movies with my parents when I was younger. So the end credits roll, and this is back when I'm teaching, I'm coaching, I'm doing clinics, but I'm always like, how do I one day get into movies? So we watch the credits and at the end of the film, it says, produced by Eric Newman. And my mom looks at me, she's like, is there something you want to tell us? And over the years, he has developed into this big time producer showrunner. He's one of the guys that uh, developed and executive produced Narcos. So when Narcos dropped, I'm getting all these text messages with my name, his name on the title screen um, with the image of Escobar. And people are sending me text messages. They're like, oh, that happened fast. You're already doing this. <laughs> and I, I found it so humorous, but I would also get so competitive. I'm like, I don't want to be the other Eric Newman. I, I can't Eric, be the other Eric Newman. <laughs> just so. so that you know, you are a star to us. You are a star. 
Wow. That's that's that, that that's the boost I needed today, buddy. That's the boost. But yesterday, after this hit, uh, Wednesday of this week, today's Thursday, December 10th, as we're recording, I started getting Instagram messages, LinkedIn messages. Once in a while, people send me like blind pitches thinking I'm him. And now I'm getting flooded with these notes, people thinking I'm the guy doing this Kevin Hart, Wesley Snipes thing. So pretty funny. Wanted to give you the update. Back to the NBA we go. Um, you said it. It's 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 back. I can't believe we've got preseason games on Friday night. It's it, it's mind blowing. And obviously, we've navigated this year the best we can with uh, with the show, with guests, with COVID, with the stops and starts of the league, the bubble, obviously, and the amount of um, activity in this small window from the Lakers being crowned champion to the, to the draft to the start of this new season abruptly is, is pretty wild how many significant moves and storylines there are to go through. So what I want to do today, BJ, is put you on the spot with a number of things. And we've got uh, a starting five of storylines to, uh, to check into. So I know it's early out there. Hopefully you got your morning warm-up in. But uh, I'm ready to go. You good? Let's do it. First one. First one. Did the Milwaukee Bucks get Giannis enough help to win the East and keep him in Milwaukee long term? Initial thoughts. Well, it's not that I don't want to answer that question. It is my experience has taught me that it's going to take time when you talk about winning a championship. And what you've seen recently, as recent as last season, teams coming together in year one with LeBron James, you bring in Anthony Davis, you bring in all these other moving parts and you win. Suddenly now that is possible. No one thought Kawhi Leonard two years ago gets traded to Toronto, come there, and then win a championship. Suddenly now you're saying, that could be me, so why not go for it? But history has taught us that if you're going to have a championship caliber team, it's going to take time to get there, to build it, team chemistry, right pieces, catching players in their prime where they are at their peak and you try to make a run within that window of opportunity that you have. So in looking at what you have asked and looking at the team of the Milwaukee Bucks, my answer is no. This is not a championship caliber team. Reason being is that they're just coming together. You're getting Drew Holiday there. You're getting, you know, suddenly they have new moving parts to their group and this is a new season and it's going to take time now because of Giannis and the expectations of what he's done over the last two years in particular those expectations for him to win a championship are always going to be there you add to to the fact that he is defensive player of the year and you put these expectations in the media but realistically I don't think it's possible but if you told me over a three to four year window if they could get a championship out of out of this group, if they stick together, 
to me, that's possible. That's more realistic. So I would say no, not because I don't think Giannis is good enough, not because I don't think the team is good enough. I just know how difficult it is to win. And when you do win, a lot of things have to fall in place. And one of those things is health and luck. Last year, Giannis got hurt last year. That significantly, you know, altered their outcome of their season. Just that one ankle sprain injury in the bubble. So it was it was the it was the perfect storm of negatives for them and positives for Miami and obviously Miami game planned them beautifully and played yes. incredible. Yes. So I want to say no. I still believe in their team. I really like their team. I I love Giannis. I'm a huge fan of Giannis. Yeah. I like what they do, what they what they are trying to do, but I just know the difficulty of winning. It's it's very hard to do. Of course, of course. I I think and well, and I'll ask the second part of the question again. Do they do enough to make him believe that he can really contend for championships for multiple years? And and just to combo on that, I think some of these moves, while under the radar, could be fairly significant. The holiday move aside, obviously, is very significant. But there's. There's three guys who were added to this roster in Tory Craig, Bryn Forbes, and Bobby Portis that I think can give them a lot as guys who could star in their role. I, I think Bobby Portis is is just waiting for the right place and right time opportunity. I think he's a very talented front court player. And it reminds me of something you said back in um I think it was during the playoffs about the types of players you'd want to put around Giannis. You'd want to mimic that length, that skill set in many ways. Obviously, you're not going to mimic Giannis, but you could mimic uh, some of those um, uh, qualities and skills or physique. And I think Portis is just this untapped talent. And Torrey Craig is another guy that's just going to defend his, his rear end off on the perimeter and can guard multiple positions. And Bryn Forbes became a pretty reliable rotation guard with the Spurs and can shoot the basketball. So I think those guys are going to help. Um, so the the second part of my question, did the Bucks front office do enough to make Giannis believe a championship is possible, is possible, excuse me, in Milwaukee, whether it's in 2021 or in the near future after that? Well, if you look at it on paper in just paper and transactions and, and what they've done, I would yep. say no to that answer as well. Hmm. And the reason being is, you know, we are a league now of stars and star power. They did not add an Anthony Davis. They did not add a Kevin Durant. They did not add that caliber of player. But that whether or not it's going to be effective there in Milwaukee is yet to be you know, we haven't seen it yet. So we really don't know. You know, Giannis is going to come back with something different in his game. The team is going to make some adjustment because of new personnel. They're going to look a little different. And we don't know how that's going to gel in this regular season this year because last time we saw basketball, Eric, you and I, we were looking at basketball in the bubble. 
which is going to be a little different now that you're going to put travel, you're going to actually have home games, even though you won't have fans, that game is going to look a little different than what we For saw sure. in the bubble. Now, the only thing that concerns me with this Milwaukee team is because of the players they have, in particular Giannis, they are going to wear, win their significant amount of regular season games. Giannis is that good. Giannis alone will win you 50 games in a regular 82-game schedule. He's that good of a player. My question is, when the game slows down, when the game gets organized, who is that third score? Or, or we should say, not even third, who's their second score? And that score has to be able to create off the dribble. That was a glaring weakness. That was a glaring weakness with this team in the playoffs this past season. Huge, huge. And that's why I always kept going back to them not bringing Brogdon back. And as you constantly remind me, uh, you've never scouted until you've been wrong. But um, I think Holiday is that guy. And I think Holiday allows Middleton to be the third guy. And Holiday can do it off the dribble. He can play pick and roll with Giannis, which I'm really looking forward to seeing. And I think he just takes the pressure off Giannis and Middleton um, in, in, in big ways where Giannis is not constantly having to create everything for Milwaukee in the middle of the floor with the ball in his hands and four guys standing around the perimeter waiting to catch and shoot, uh, whether it's an open or contested three. And I just think it diversifies them. And um, as good as Chris Middleton is, I think he's suited to be the third guy there. So um, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. And, um, um, you know, one thing you said, it's a bigger conversation. What, what is it going to be like um, playing in your home arena, but it's empty? Like shooting in an empty arena in a game is got to be uh, a, a very strange thing for these guys, uh, which yep. is going to take some some adjusting. So that that's obviously not just for the Bucks, but across the league. All right, moving out west, Lakers reload. How does this help LA defend their title and widen the championship window with LeBron James? Well, when you talk about star power, when you talk about winning the media game, winning the game on paper, the Lakers have done that. They added Marc Gasol. They've added Dennis Schroeder. To, an, to a team that already has two elite players in LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Looks good on paper. However... And, and Trez. Yes, Montrez Harrell. So they did a really nice job this summer of retooling their team, getting this team ready to make another significant run. However, they still have to figure out the chemistry of this group. And one of the things that the Lakers had a they had a real advantage was at last year was at the center position because of the athleticism of JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard. Those two were very athletic. They were athletic in the sense that they could both play at this pace of the game. They were both rim protectors and they both could play vertical basketball. Now, the thing that gave them such a significant advantage was because both of them could both play against other teams, big guys, right? Whether it was Jokic, Joel Embiid, Rudy Gobert, all of the big, big players in this league. 
and they could do it very effectively because they were both very athletic. And their secret sauce, if you will, was taking their power forward, who was Anthony Davis, another seven footer, and you slide him over to the center position. And he's arguably, if not the best center in the NBA, he's certainly in the top two or three. Jokic, him, whatever, because what he does at the center position, no other center can do. He can stretch the floor, play small ball better than any center in the NBA, which is perfect in today's game. I think they're going to miss that because Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis will probably have to play more center this year during the regular season than he did a year ago. Because why do I say that? It's because if if uh, Marcus Gasol starts, mm-hmm. the very first thing I'm going to do as the opposing coach is play screen role against Marcus Gasol. Yep. That's the very first thing I'm going to do. Because Marc Gasol is not as athletic as those other two players that I just mentioned. Now, he does other things exceptionally well. Passing the ball, facilitating, he can shoot the three a little bit. But the game now is predicated on pace and space. And that is going to be a problem. And Mark doesn't play vertical basketball. LeBron them drive to the basket. You were hesitant to leave JaVale McGee or Dwight Howard because they could throw it up and catch alley-oops. I'm not worried about that with Marc Gasol. No, no. He's picking pop all day at this point, right? He's picking he's, pop. He's, he's, out, he's out on the perimeter as a threat to shoot and, the three, and, and, and he'll be a terrific passer for them, as you mentioned. He'll be, a terrific, he'll be a terrific passer for them. Now, so he says, well, what about Montrez? I think Montrez will be Montrez in that role coming off the bench. He's one of the best players. He was He's a reigning six-man of the year. He will be terrific. But when he plays against bigger players, the Jokic and the players that you will see, size and length will bother him to some degree. It will bother him to some degree because he's not 6'10", 6'11", himself. He can play against those smaller front-line players, and he's exceptional at it. So we'll see how this works out. Um, with the team, I think it's going to be a new look. They're going to have to play differently. I think it will be a different style of, and brand of basketball. And then you have to put in Schroeder. Schroeder is a ball handler. Schroeder huge, is not... Huge get. Huge get for them. Yeah, huge get, provided he can be Schroeder. Provided he well, can be Schroeder. Well, because I, I you think... didn't... Yeah, because you didn't have... You, you, you didn't have... You didn't have the you didn't have teammates or chemistry problems with last year's group because LeBron James dominated the basketball. And then when Rondo would come off the bench, everyone would shift over during the course of the game. Yep. Rondo played spectacular basketball. I don't think Schroeder is going to take that position and be okay with coming off the bench and playing that role. I think Schroeder is at a place in his career where he's going to want to play a bigger role because of where he's at youth wise. Sure. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's there for him. I think, I think it could could be just based on last year. Yeah. Yeah. You got something that works. Sure. There's listen, there's no replacing what Rondo gave them intangible wise, 
floor general wise, obviously when he came back in the playoffs and, um, this, this is fresh in my mind because we, we just, uh, we just did an episode with him, um, with, uh, with stack and, and Barnes. I mean, his second game against Houston, I mean, he had, uh, 10 points, eight or nine assists off the bench and was like a plus 21 in the plus minus. Like, stamped the game. Lakers lost game one and then won four in a row as soon as he was back in the lineup. Like, we, we saw we saw the impact. My thing with Schroeder, and it ties to uh, part of the, the the question, is is widening this window. I think he has the chance to really uh, take a lot of the workload off of LeBron because he can handle the basketball. He can play pick and roll. He can, uh, I mean, he can go at any point guard in the league as a, as a scoring threat. And the way I see this team working is yes, LeBron is still going to be playmaker number one, but I think Schroeder starts. It looks to me like it's going to be Schroeder and, uh, Wes Matthews, plugging in at that two spot where Danny Green was. And then, you know, you've got some other versatility there with uh, obviously Davis and Gasol, Morris, Harrell, and um, who am I forgetting? I'm forgetting one more guy off the bench. Um, oh, and Kuzma. So th- there's, there's, it's different, but uh, the versatility is interesting. I think Schroeder really infuses them with a, a, a big just boost of, of backcourt scoring that they haven't had on this team. You know, let's be honest, like everybody's been a role player in their own way. Schroeder is, is much more than that and is real talented. So I'm excited to see how this works with, with him in L.A. And, you know, you think about what you were saying about A.D. and Gasol looking at this roster – you know, what do you see as their as, as their their closing lineup in terms of matchups well, Anthony, and force spacing? A- a- Anthony, do you, do you yeah, like Anthony AD Davis at the five? Has to be at the five. He has yep. to be at the five. AD's advantage at the there isn't another player that can bring to the game in today's game what AD brings to the game as a five. He can shoot the three. Yep. He can play screen roll. He can post. He can play isolation. He can pass. And more importantly, he could do two things that are essential to a championship caliber team. He can defend at the basket, rim protect, mm-hmm. and he can go out and guard Jimmy Butler with no help. Uh, yeah. If there's, okay. if there the isn't case... another player at the five position that can do that. Now, no. you can't take that away and tell me that you're going to not put Anthony Davis at the five. There isn't another player that could have guarded Jimmy Butler with no help in the finals. Yeah. No, there no isn't chance. another player who can guard Jokic, Jimmy Butler, and all the other players, whether front court yeah. players or backcourt players. So he has to be at the five. He yep. has to be at the five. Yeah. And you're, now, you're, I don't know how you're going to... Sorry, I was going to say, you're, you're eliminating any switching issues with him there in pick and roll. And I'm thinking about what's going to suit this team best as far as style and pace they could play really fast with ad lebron kuzma schroeder and and caldwell pope or Wes matthews out there as the the designated uh you know uh two guard shooter so i i think i think they're going to be a lot of fun and i i you know to your point about dwight and mcgee 
they lose certain things, but I think they also gain certain things with these moves. And yeah, we yeah we will we will see. And, yeah. and the reason I say that is because we can't forget. We we talk about all these other pieces that they're adding to the team. LeBron James led the league in assists. Yep, a year ago. So why are we trying to change when we know something works? If he wasn't the best point guard or facilitator or initiator, whatever you want to call it in today's game, he was without question in the top five in the, in, as a point guard, as a lead oh. guard, as an initiator. Okay. So why are we trying to change that and force him and get him off the ball? He's always had the ball. He will continue to have the ball, which I think Schroeder and these guys are going to have to adjust. See, I think the other players are going to have to adjust. Now, Rondo was at the right place at the right time, understanding where he could fill in a significant role, which is you need a secondary ball handler so that LeBron James could do what... What is the point of having LeBron James if I'm not going to do the following? I'm going to ask him to be versatile and figure out where is his advantage on the offensive end or the defensive end and plug him in because he can do it at the point guard position, the two, the three, the four. And in some cases, he can even do it at the five. No limits. So if I just made LeBron James a scoring three for this 72-game season in the playoffs, I don't think that works for him. He's got to do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. No. So to me, he, you're going to have to. And he doesn't. And he doesn't need to be because Schroeder can score the ball, and Davis is going to continue to score the ball, and Trez is going to give him plenty of scoring off the bench. So I didn't want but, to confuse it with Schroeder's going to take LeBron off the ball. I just think Schroeder gives them another. But it's only one ingredient. ball. Yeah, okay. But it's only one ball, and now you got a spacing issue because if LeBron has the ball and AD has the ball, that means Schroeder is going to be a spot up player. He can't just spot up and shoot open threes. That's not his game. Yep, That's fair. just not his game. So if you're asking, I mean, okay, if you're putting Marcus Gasol on the floor, you're going to ask him to give space, right? You got to yep. have, there isn't another team, there isn't a one team in the league that's playing four out and one in. So everyone's going to be out on the perimeter. So you're going to ask Marcus Gasol to be on the perimeter, Okay. So that your two dominant scorers, LeBron James and Anthony Davis, can attack the basket at any time. And that means the other three players are going to have to do what? Space the floor. To me, that's a that's a problem because Schroeder, he causes havoc. He can do a little bit of this. He can do a little bit of that. He's the one that's initiating and breaking down and causing the havoc. I just can't put him in the corner like Danny Green and ask him to knock down open shots. And the only other space that we've seen, especially with a LeBron James on the floor, is you have to come off the bench to do it because that's the only other time where there's another space for you to be a dominant ball handler. And that's what Rondo did. That, to me, is going to be the issue. He Maybe LeBron James figures it out. I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe the team figures it out. But certainly, watching Schroeder last year and watching this young man in his career – He's just not a he's not a Steve Kerr type player, John Paxson type player. 
Oh, of course. Of where course. he's just going to spot up and shoot open threes. No, he's, you know, he's young. He's athletic. He can play screen role. He can shoot off the he dribble. Can, he, 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 can, yeah, he can shoot it. He's just not. He can uh, do it. He's just now, not built now. to stand out there and, and wait. So I think it's going so. to be interesting to see how this works out. Mm-hmm. I just think it's going to be interesting because we know what works. We know what works. We know that they're going to have to have two players that can create off the dribble and score in the playoffs. Well, they got two. They got two. So now, where's that bench that's going to come in to give them consistent play, which is Rondo, Montrez, and all those other things to plug in and do it? Yeah, that, to me, Ron, is going Ron, to be yeah. their, 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 what they're going to try to figure out this season. Yeah, obviously, Rondo's gone. Trez is there. Caruso, Quinn Cook are the other backcourt um, guys that, you know, could play uh, spot minutes technically at the one. So Schroeder's going to start. It's just a question of uh, how is this going to work and um, how quickly it takes to build this chemistry. So we will see. Um, East Coast, the borough of Brooklyn. Will the Nets live up to the hype with KD and Kyrie back on the floor? What are you thinking about the Nets? What's the hype? I need to know the expectations with Kyrie I think the, and KD. I think, the, I think the Brooklyn Nets think they're going to go to the NBA Finals. Well, Kevin Durant is coming back from a significant injury. This isn't a shoulder injury or he missed a game because of a hamstring and he'll be back. This is a significant injury that this young man is coming back from. And, you know, he he has some miles on that body, Kevin Durant. Now, we're hoping as NBA fans that he comes back and plays the game at somewhere near the level that we last saw him when he left the game with that injury. We're hoping for that, but we don't know. That's a that's a that's a that's a big unknown right now. And to be honest with you, I'm just hoping that he's able to get this season under his under his belt, feel his way around, have his moments where he begins to trust his body and get back out there and play. Because Kevin Durant is a special player. He's a terrific player. I mean, he's a, he's one of the most beautiful players I've ever seen because you can't forget that he's a seven footer that's moving around like this. I mean, the, that man is seven feet. We've never seen dribbling. anything like him. Ever. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just hoping that he's healthy, that he, you know, when he feels good, you know, if he's feeling good that week, you're saying Kevin Durant still has it. Because when you have a significant injury, when you come back, it's normally going to be in the second year. Because the first year, you're just filling, filling your body out what you can do. Because he has been rehabbing the entire time that means he hasn't been working on his game he's just been rehabbing if he's able to stay healthy this season next summer he can go back in the lab and start working on his game because he won't be rehabbing so i'm just hoping for him that he's able to get in 70 games or whatever his body will allow him to do gets through the season and then next season i will be able to say this is what i think they're going to do now in saying all of that do I think Kevin Durant is just going to come back and, and start scoring 30 points a night like he was doing? No, I don't. I don't believe that. Do I think him and Kyrie 
are just going to, it's just going to be smooth sailing. No, I don't think that. It's going to take some time. You have a new coach. You got a new system. You got new players. And it's going to take some time to figure this out. But I like, I like the players based yep. on their talent. I like what they could be. I like the fact that they have some young players, Karis LeVert, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie's over there. I like the fact they could be a good team. But right now, that those expectations that we're talking about on Kevin Durant, because if they're going to win, Kevin Durant's going to have to be the best player on the floor. Okay? And then yep. Kyrie Irving is going to be Kyrie Irving. But if they're going to win a championship, they're going to have to ride on Kevin Durant's coattails. And why do I say that? It's because Kevin Durant will be able to play the game offensively below the free throw line. If you're going to win a championship, you have to be able to establish that you can score the ball in a half court with your best player being able to play below the free throw line. Very difficult to do with the guard because the guard has to bring the ball up. He has to pass the ball, so forth and so on. So Kevin Durant is going to have to be that person. And I don't know where his body is at. He doesn't know where his body is at. None of us know how he's going to respond. And so I think those are very unrealistic expectations that we're placing on him at the moment. Everything we're hearing is that, you know, he feels great. He looks great in workouts, all of this stuff. I, I, I do that too. I feel good right yeah, now in yeah. my workouts. Yeah. I feel I, good right of now. Of course, of course. <laughs> what, 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 what excites me about their roster is... I think they can be successful, not win a championship, but they're in a position to be successful as he's getting back to being the Kevin Durant we all know because of Dinwiddie, because of Levert, because he's got Allen and Jordan at the five spot. They've got shooting in Joe Harris and Tyler Johnson. This is a... They also added Landry Shamit. I mean, this is a, a an interesting roster that I think has more depth than we realize. And obviously, they're also battle-tested. They played in the playoffs the last two years without any of these guys and have that experience. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how this meshes together. And obviously, the dynamics of KD and Kyrie being the, the stars at the head of it. So... Um, but as you said, only time will tell here and we'll see, uh, how quickly Kevin Durant adjusts to being back on the floor and gets back to that level. Um, we're doing another cross country flight back to LA. My apologies. Who are the cliff? Who are the Los Angeles Clippers after their off season moves? And are they still a serious contender out is doc rivers as head coach out is Montrez Harrell as a uh, high-level sixth man. Out is Jamichael Green, who is a valuable role player. Harkless is gone. In is Ty Lewis, head coach. Serge Ibaka, Luke Kennard, and veteran Nicholas Batum. Who are the Clippers? I think this Clippers team is a team that is still wondering what happened in last year's playoffs. Shell shock. Versus the Denver versus the Denver Nuggets. I think they are a team that is still wondering what happened. They were up 3-1. Everything was set. 
the media, all of us were excited about we were getting in the conference finals, in the Western Conference finals, the two teams that we all thought were going to be there. And you just watch this team unfold. They just literally, the Clippers, they just, all right, you know, they lost, you know, game, what, five. So now the series is 3-2, series 3-3. You figure there's no way they're going to lose three games in a row, and they did. Now, if there was a team, I think there's really two teams that the first 10 to 15 games of the season is going to be the tail of their season. It's going to be the Milwaukee Bucks. Because if they get off to a bad start, oh boy, I think I don't think they will recover, and I think it's the LA Clippers, and I and I'm going to put even more pressure on the Clippers because if the Clippers don't start off fast, I think this situation there in LA has the potential to just blow up, to implode, and the reason being is because confidence is a very fragile thing. And if this team begins to doubt themselves in the regular season, like we saw them doubt themselves in the postseason, I don't think there's no way to recover. Now, they have veteran players. They're battle-tested. They have star players. They have a star of stars in Kawhi Leonard. But if you don't win and the other teams in the league begin to suspect that there's a chink in the armor, I think this team will just, I, I think they will crumble. I really do. I like their team on paper. I like Serge Ibaka, but they have to get off to a quick start. I think they are in desperate need of confidence. I think, you know, Coach Lou right now knows that they have to come out in the first 10, 15 games and establish who they are. What they did last season was last season. This is a new season. And if that doesn't happen, I, I think this team, I don't want to say they're done, but I think it would be very, very difficult for them to rebound, to recover from what happened a year ago. So a few things top of mind for me. I love the Serge Ibaka move. I think he immediately makes them uh, a, a, a better team at both ends of the floor for obvious reasons. Um Defensively, I think they are going to be much improved with him uh, behind uh, Kawhi and Paul George and, and the rest of those perimeter players. Um, you know, it was interesting to see Lou Williams' name floated out there. Uh, whether there was truth to those rumors, who knows? But, you know, one of the things that clearly just wasn't right for them in the bubble was the rhythm that Williams and Trez were in before the stoppage. They never found it again. And that was such a big part of their identity. And the other thing is, uh, you know, Paul George didn't really have a training camp last year. He was recovering from shoulder surgery and he never looked like he was comfortable. And, you know, we only saw that team together fully a certain amount of games. So I think a chance to reestablish chemistry, make the necessary tweaks. I think Luke Kennard is going to give them some some really good basketball um, as a uh, as a reserve wing, and you know Morris is back too. So, um, but you're spot on with the first ten or fifteen games. I mean that's going to be really telling with this team. Yeah. Uh, in terms of what their identity is and have they 
moved past the disappointment of um, what happened in the bubble. And, you know, all joking aside, they, they really messed up the battle for L.A. We, we really thought we had it. <laughs> and I think uh, that hype and, you know, we, we I, you know, I keep referring to the other stuff I work on. You know, we had we had Paul George on the show. It premiered today um, on All the Smoke. We were recorded with him a couple of weeks ago, and he was very candid about what uh, he felt about what went on and, and not being in rhythm and his his usage and role of the offense versus what he was used to in the past. And um, they've got to answer the bell for sure. So we'll, we'll see. And I know we talked about the Doc Rivers move. Um right after it happened and we were a little baffled. So um, for sure, the Clippers are uh, under pressure and uh, under the spotlight here uh, on the eve of the new season. All right, fifth one. There was no way avoiding this, my friend. Um, I haven't had a good Celtics conversation in weeks. Can the Celtics take the next step with Tatum and Brown leading them? Well, who was leading them a year ago? Well, Kemba Walker is going to be out for a while. Gordon Hayward had a very good season. He is now gone. And um, I think it was, yes, it was collective. But, you know, these are the guys now. Like, obviously, last, let let me, you want me to start over? No, no, I don't (laughs) want you to start over. Okay, so I'm going to tell you what I see because... Let's go first go back to the Clippers. The Clippers have a major problem. Their major problem is you can't win in this league without a lead guard who can score. That's their problem. It's not Lou Williams, not Montrez. It's not Patrick Beverly. You have to have a lead guard who can score. Why? We do something called pace and space. That's what we do now in the NBA. Everyone is playing the game at this pace, right? So all of the good teams, whether it's Jamal Murray, Steph Curry, Kyrie Irving, Damian Lillard, all of these players, they're all playing the game with the ability to attack that basket. Or you got to have a player, whether it's James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Derrick Rose, doesn't matter who. You have to have a player that's putting pressure on the rim at all times. Every team in the league now, plays the game the same way five out draw and kick so pace and space there is a premium eric on shooting now how does that get back to the celtics the celtics are missing a point guard or a lead guard who's going to play the pace part of the game right they put first they had Kyrie in that that one didn't work kimba you know, unfortunately for him, he's injured right now because they're wing players. So they so, can Kemba, score. so so Kemba's Kemba's the guy when healthy. No, it's it's not the guy. You have to have a guy that can put pressure. Right, in but what that I'm what position. I'm saying is Kemba Walker is that guy when healthy. Well, it, it doesn't matter. It, it, in my opinion, they got to figure out how to allow those wing players to be who they are. Mm-hmm. Jason Tatum is not a facilitator. He can score. <laughs> yep. Jalen Brown is not a facilitator. He can score. He can attack the rim. Yep. He's and, athletic. And, and Hayward was an underrated facilitator. Okay. Now, I love uh, what's the guard there? Uh, 
Smart, Marcus Smart. I love Marcus Smart. Love Marcus yep. Smart. But Marcus Smart is not he, – he can go get you 25 or 30 in any given night, but that's not what he does. No. So you need a guard who can put the pressure on the other team because we play the game now at a pace. That's a, that's a fact. That's a fact. You can look. You can go down the list of all of the good teams in the, both conferences, the Western Conference, the Eastern Conference. They have that player on their roster. Okay. The Celtics are missing a huge player right now, and his name is Kimber Walker. They're missing. And then on top of that, they're missing a key component to their defensive presence, which they don't currently have a rim protector, but you could argue that could be Taco. Okay, but well, I think you know Robert Williams is the guy that needs to develop. I love the Tristan Thompson move as far as the years, the money, and what they're getting. But he is not a rim protector by trade. He is a you got to be able to play the rim. Yes, yep. you have to be able to play have a rim protector. And if you don't have a rim protector, that five man must be able to switch, which brought about small ball. Okay, so I love Tristan Thompson. What he does, he brings, he plays hard, he's a big body, all those things. But you have to have three things if you're going to talk about winning a championship. You got to have rim protection. You got to be able to defend screen roll because every team in the league has a guard or someone that can attack the basket. You have to be able to switch that. And then the third thing, which is the key ingredient, is you must be able to play vertical basketball. If your guard drives to the basket and they stay home with the shooters, which most teams now are going to do, that big, there's only one other place for that big to go now. Vertical. You throw it up for a lob. Now, I don't know where those players are at or how it's going to work out, but they're missing championship ingredients that you're going to have to have. So if you look at Bam out of Bayou, Bam can play vertical basketball. Bam can switch. Okay? He yep. can he can he he can switch. He can play vertical basketball. He can do all of the things that are essential to a championship caliber team. We talked earlier in the show about Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis can play vertical basketball. He can switch. He can do all of the things that's necessary. Play pace and space. He can do all of the things. All of, you know, Jokic can't play vertical basketball. Jokic has a very interesting combination of what he brings because every team attacks him in screen roll. Every team attacks him in screen roll. Every team. Yep. Now, if they can get some production, talking about Denver from Bo Bo to rim protect. No, that's your guy. That's your guy. I love, I, I love Bo Bo because now you're talking about an element to the game that is absolutely, absolutely necessary to win at the highest level. So getting back to our Celtics, the Celtics are fine on the wing. The Celtics have terrific players. But there's three things the Celtics can't do right now. They're five. I don't know if you can say they can switch spot. You know, they can switch and play against small. I don't know. Maybe, I, I, maybe I think, Tristan I think, can. Maybe I, I can't. I, I don't know. I think I think Tristan and Tice are B level when it comes to that. Okay, 
Okay, so, okay, that's fine. Can they play vertical basketball? Not in the manner in which you're describing. Okay. I think Tristan will be rolling and catching alley-oops. I think Tice, for the most part, will be pick and pop. Robert Williams is the guy who can play vertical and jump over anybody on the floor. And those are the things that we're talking about here that are going to have to happen for this team to be able to play. So the health of Kemba Walker, to me, is essential to this team because every team plays with this pace and space. Every team. This isn't just the Celtics problem. Every team. And if you're going to be good in today's game, you have to be able to play that way. And your centers, in particular, are going to have to be able to play a certain way to be able to defend that. Because if you look at what the Miami Heat did this year, they were good because they could consistently defend every every single time they came on the floor. Bam out of Bayou last year, he was fantastic. Unbelievable. He he was just he he was fantastic. I mean, he was they were running the offense through him by the end of the year. He was that good. He he he, he did exactly that in the Celtics series. He was and unbelievable. So that's what I see that they have to address talking about your Celtics. I like what they've done. But right now, they have failed in this regard at that lead guard position, which is a key position now because it's a scoring position. Sure. You have to be able to get a player that can score a minimum of 20 points a night at that position just to keep the other people honest. They've got the guy. They've got the guy. He just needs to be helped. And and then if they can get B-plus caliber playing at the five position they can play vertical basketball if they can defend you know defend screen roll and do those things i think then you're talking about a championship caliber team but if they can't get those because of health because you know whatever the case may be it's going to be very difficult because you're putting so much pressure for jason tatum and all of the other yeah, players, it, it can't, Kemba, it can't, it can't all be on Brown and Tatum. So yes, I, I'm, there you I, go. I'm with you. And the other wild card here, which could be very interesting come the second half of the season, is they got the largest trade exception in NBA history in return for Gordon Hayward. So it's twenty eight and a half million dollars. And if they want to stay under the hard cap, then you minus you have they have to get rid of I believe six and a half million uh, that's currently there now um, if they're going to use that entire uh, exception. So it's going to be uh, Ainge is always up to something. He took a lot of criticism for what happened with Hayward, but at the end of the day, they could come away with uh, a major contributor potentially the second half of the season if they want to use the trade exception on that. So um, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. And I know you're thinking about it day and night, my friend. Um, <laughs> great, great, great stuff today. I want to do one more thing. Um, it's a complete surprise for you, but somebody just texted it to me as a reminder because it's something that we want to try. And it's called One Great Story. And... 
as great as your present day basketball analysis are, the stories you've told from moments along your unique career are even better. So in the spirit of a back to the 90s type of thing, which we got to bring back uh, in the season ahead, I'm going to throw this at you. One great story that pops into your mind from your journey that's anywhere from, you know, 60 seconds to three minutes to tell. The floor is yours. One great story. Well, I, I mean, I, I don't know where to start, but I, I do. I tell you what pops in my head. It's a real quick story. I I get traded to Golden State. And for the 95, planning, 96 season, correct? Yeah, somewhere around there. Eric, I'm old, you know. Excuse <laughs> me, I'm old now. And we're playing an exit. No, I take that back. It wasn't an exhibition. Our first game of the season or early part of the season, we were playing in San Antonio. It's at the Alamo Dome. And I get a call from a former teammate of mine, Will Purdue. He says, BJ, when you come down, if you guys get in early, let's try to grab a bite. Great. And, you know, how are things working out for you? And, you know, we're small talking in Golden State. And I'm asking how things are going in San Antonio. Long story short, he says, I asked him who their best player on their team was, expecting him to say, without question, David Robinson. And he says, I remember he said this like it was yesterday. He says, it's not even close between David Robinson and Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan is the best player by far. So I'm thinking that he didn't hear the question that I asked. I said, what did you just say? I said, David Robinson is like, He's one of the 50 greatest players of all time. He said, BJ, this kid, Tim Duncan, is so good. I can't believe it. And he knew right I was away. so excited to play against them because I respected Will's evaluation of players. And he was a great friend of David Robinson. Will was a center. But Will was just adamant that this kid from Wake Forest was that good, and he's just going to tear the league apart. Oh wow! So this, and so he, this is, so this is Duncan's rookie year, ninety-seven, ninety-eight. You're with the Warriors, Warriors to start the season, and then you end yes. up with the Hornets, and then you have your trash talking last dance moment in the playoffs with Charlotte. Yeah, yeah, wow! It, it was somewhere around there. What a year! But he, yeah, in preseason. It was early. It was early. It might have been a preseason game, but I know it was very early that he said that this kid is by far the best player he's seen at that position. He wow. he, he was like, so that is my two minute story of when you when you see a great player, you just do it when you see it. And Will was adamant that, yeah, David Robinson is maybe one of the 50 greatest players of all time. But this kid over here is he's one of the greatest of all time. And here we are 20 years later or so. He was right. 
Yeah, and he's going into the Hall of Fame and uh, a delayed Hall of Fame ceremony with Kobe, KG, and, and many others, which will now be, I believe it's May, uh, second week of May 2021. Is, when is that what it is? Okay. Hall of Fame is going to be. So that was great. One great story. New segment, Pure Hoops Podcast. Love it. Something Love it. popped in there. Something popped in there. Something's always popping in there. Something's always <laughs> popping in there. Uh, great stuff today, my friend. We will be back next week with more. Uh, special thanks as always to our team, producer Mike Lieber, the one and only Bruce Bernstein, editor Tom Phillip, the whole Pure Hoops Media family. Check out the Mike Wise Show each and every Monday with his esteemed guests. Uh, the revamped full court with Fisher and Kay Tuesdays covering college hoop, catch and shoot 2.0, Otto Strong and Aaron Berlin on Wednesdays, buckets, boards, and blocks with King McClure and big time talent Monica McNutt, who is doing an incredible job now on her new show, uh, MSG AM here in New York. And of course, the Pure Hoops podcast with BJ Armstrong and yours truly, Eric Newman. Uh, enjoy the show. Looking forward to bringing you more as the season uh, is on its way back. Share it. Enjoy it. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay pure. The Pure Hoops podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm-mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.